Well, good morning and welcome to the Church Office Podcast. My name is Gavin Smith and it's a joy to welcome you. If you're here listening for the first time, then thanks for being here. We are a church administration podcast. We love all the stuff that happens behind the scenes and uh, hopefully our podcast reflects some of the topics and aspects of our work that we do in admin and operations. So today's special guest is Andy, Andy Bagwell from uh, UCAN and he's a church consultant, has got loads and loads of experience and we are going to be chatting about healthy church cultures, looking after staff. Andy's passionate about this area, aren't you mate? I am, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's what I live for at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy does training all over the country and you know works with teams, wants to get the best out of teams. So a, a great topic to kind of you know kick off the podcast with and to chat further about. Andy, give us a bit of background and you know you you've started a new HR support service with with UCAN. We want to go into some of the details of that and give churches information about how they can get involved and use the service. But your passion to you know to, for people to work at churches to have a good experience. Um, how how are churches generally doing in this their whole area? What have you come across in your <laughs> your yeah. experience? Uh, yeah, I mean, but probably brace for the answer. Uh, it, it, it's, it's not it's not pleasant hearing, although it may not be too surprising. Um, yeah. Churches don't do so well at, at the sort of um, staff management, staff care, um, being a being a good and effective employer um, sort of task, really. Uh, and um, I mean, I've I've noticed that over sort of twenty years of working for churches um, now, um, but in, increasingly so. Um, I, I think the sort of the, the 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 blip on the horizon that was um was 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 covid um uh which brought such disruptions to the way that we actually work as church staff teams actually made a whole bunch of fault lines come to the to the forefront mm-hmm. um and and what we noticed um uh, supporting a number of churches through the, the the last few years was a sense of um while it was business as normal and um, they could get get around each other at uh, not quite at the water cooler. Not many churches have water cooler, but around around the, the morning coffee break or, or while they could see each other. Um, you know, things things were sort of bubbling along okay, but actually, when they hit a time of significant pressure or stress, had to um, move to remote uh, working, um, had to throw in all sorts of extra hours to get things work. And actually, there's sort of fault lines in terms of. Um, you know what's what's my place on the staff team what's my value why don't I know about things now all of those sorts of operational stuff came to the forefront um, and actually what we see on a national scene is a lot of people have moved on from their staff roles over the last few years it is so yeah so true and I, you know, I'm grateful for all the church administrators out there who are, are playing a part to try and help and change this culture Absolutely. and I remember you know when I first came into post 20 years ago there were no contracts there were there were no you know handbooks there were no clear guidelines of you know how we're going to support you in your work and and I think it's it's probably because a lot of our work has come from a voluntary basis isn't it it hasn't had employment um, so we've had pastors who have been employing people into roles who really don't have the expertise and the knowledge to do it. Um, and I, I guess that's kind of what I've come across. And we're seeing a lot more operation and administrative roles in place now. And and that, that's a healthy thing, isn't it, to, you know, to add to, to getting this and getting churches, you know, employing people and looking after people better. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I you know, I'm I'm never I'm never one for putting uh, extra administration around stuff for the sake of it. Um, I, I mean, my career was was in church administration. I am a big administration fan. Believe me, it's essential for the health yeah. of the church. Um, but we, we don't do it just for the sake of it. We don't in, introduce management roles for the sake of it. We, we do it because um, there are people who need to be um, looked after and cared for. And um, you know, do we want the experience of of um, of working for the church to feel more professional and more like the secular world? In in some respects, yes, mm-hmm. um, because actually, some secular employers um, manage to create a a much better sense of certainty with their in, in employees about how things work. They manage to handle their um, uh, progression, their development, their evaluation and review their remuneration in all sorts of ways which are actually you know leave some people going that's a good employment experience yeah. and we certainly want to have those aspects present in in the church um wh- what we don't want to do is 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 move too too far away from the fact that this is also it's a spiritual calling we're doing it as as family and we're doing it in in a, a sense of strong relationship as well yeah I think every church has got an example, haven't they, where where something's gone wrong with a staff member, and you know someone's painfully left, or you know just been upset by it, and 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 you know that that is a true reflection, and and that that does happen, and and I guess we we have to be intentional and strive to be better, and um, I'm I'm looking forward to hearing more about that on the podcast, Andy. When you when you go into to a church to to offer some training about creating healthy organisations. Where where do you start? What what do you do and straight away? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a number of different ways to um to approach it. And actually, I mean, I suppose one of the most recent experiences is um uh, my colleague Jules and I were up uh, in a church in the Midlands running line management training for a a staff team there, sort of a a fairly larger staff team, um who uh, who had identified again that um they wanted to be effective in uh in managing their team well um and actually they identified that a lot of the people that they asked to take on the management of another team member they've never been trained in it they have no idea what's going on um and, you know and, and you know you spoke earlier about often um pastors senior pastors of, of churches they may not have had management training as part of their theological mm-hmm. training some of them bring a, a secular understanding of it from a, from a former career. Um, but equally, it's common in churches for, you know, a, a youth worker to manage an intern. You know, um, yeah. have we actually given them the tools to, to do that? So um, uh, Jules and I were up running this um, day-long course on line management training. Um, and actually, as part of that, we look at the sort of foundational elements of um, if you're going to do line management, one-to-one meetings with with your, your staff, um, in what sort of context is that? You know, mm-hmm. is it clear in the organisation when and where the decisions are made? What times of the year you like to plan in, and what times of year you like to evaluate and reflect on? How clear is the vision? Um, um, how do you, you relate the understanding of the vision to what you actually want your staff team to do on a on a uh, a weekly basis? Mm-hmm. Um, and and then you sort of get into the the um, uh, the realms of and. It, you know the amount of time that you give your um, staff to do that work is it sufficient for um, for what you're asking them to do and and have they got the right balance between the elements which are sort of the the day job the um, updating the records making the building right um, um, printing the notice sheets all of those elements to the to the particular project work that you might ask them to do to 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 move the the church's vision forwards 
Um, and, and what we often find is, um, you know, you, you, you can say, I, I'm going to do line management really well, but if some of those sort of fundamentals about um, clarity of vision, cohesiveness of team, um, shared purpose, understanding of roles and responsibilities are not in place, um, then actually, you know, the, the line management is sort of like putting a sticky past on something which, which actually needs a slightly more fundamental rework. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I, I was listening to a podcast with somebody else was saying about um, having like a, a kind of line management structure and having a team plan of where people fit and where there's kind of authority and roles and, and management. And um, most people kind of shy away from wanting to have a, a proper kind of formatted diagram of where where everything flows. But But this podcast was really putting across the fact that actually people like to know where they fit. They like to know who they're reporting to they like to have that that real clarity of what am i what part am i playing in delivering the the vision that we're all building around that we're all wanting to kind of grow and, and move towards yeah. um and it was fascinating because we've always kind of not had a diagram and thought right we don't want it to look hierarchy we don't want it to flow like that but actually they they were putting together saying this is a really positive thing people actually really appreciate it and it's um it's interesting I think bound, I think boundaries and clarity are um, actually freeing and and freedom giving, mm. not restrictive. Um, yeah. So the majority of people that that I speak to on church staff teams like to understand um, how I fit into this, um, what's expected of me, um, and one of the uh, sort of um, uh, big um, models for management that that um, uh, I've studied over the last few years, which is called the um, Four Disciplines of Execution. Um, it comes yeah. out of a American secular consultancy called Franklin Covey really talks about um, creating a winnable game for people. Yeah. Um, you know, whenever whenever we sit down to play a board game, I don't know about you. If you, if I sit down to play a board game, I want to know that I've got a chance of of winning yeah. it. Um, if I'm playing it with my wife as a team, she desperately wants us to win it. So um, it's all about having um, a, a scenario which you know by the end of the process we can have enjoyed it but actually achieved something um, and I think that's what people want in uh, in the work situation um, and again churches sometimes you know are away from that because they think I, I don't want to be micromanaging the person I don't want it to feel too secular but actually that lack of clarity um, means that they are they're not certain of what's expected of them and, and because of that sometimes they, they don't even feel equipped or uh, or engaged to be able to achieve anything yeah. um, i had this wonderful conversation with a um uh, a really great um uh, vicar of a church who who was talking to me about their management style um and um uh, you know they, they were um very trusting of their team really didn't want to engage too much in um in providing a specification or um or or setting up micromanaging them didn't even meet too often with them you know i just i you know i trust them i want to allow them to get on with their mm. with their job they're here because they're called to do it and and that that's absolutely great mm. um, when i uh, sat and spoke with their team um the reality you know they were saying is we feel a bit isolated we, we don't really know what's what's wanted of us we don't know what they think it looks like to do administration well or to do children's ministry well or etc and actually we need more of that specification so if, you know the manager was thinking if i go too much in on that um uh, they're going to feel micromanaged and not trusted the team was actually going we need we need more from you on this um yeah. so that we can do this well and and it's often that mismatch between um uh, intention and outcome which sort of gets us into a a problem in the world of, of staff management, I think. 
Yeah, it does. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. I think it's make he makes a really good point. Yeah, I met a pastor who was wanting to be hands off and same same kind of outworking. What what the staff really needed was them to put their hands on a bit more, and and to bring clarity. So you know, if you are listening to the podcast as a pastor or in a in a kind of senior role within a church and you are managing people, then then it's good to take some time and just to kind of reflect on what what is my style of leadership what am i doing how am i supporting how am i communicating to my staff how am i helping to meet their needs and uh, and encourage them as well in what they're doing and, and create those kind of safe places and those those clear boundaries yeah. um I, I think that's great and um if, if you're experiencing that as a church administrator then then take the opportunity as well to thank your line manager for the difference that they are making i think sometimes you can be sat in the other seat going I don't know how I'm doing. And so some feedback and stuff I think is useful. So go and thank them if that's if that's the case as well. So um Andy, tell us about this. There's obviously two aspects to to HR, isn't there? And and you know, we've got the kind of formal side of what we need to meet in terms of our, our governance, in terms of our, you know, contracts, job descriptions and all of that. And then then we've got the other side of getting the best out of people and making making folk feel like they're part of it and, and vision and everything else and linking into that. Let, let's go to the first part then, the kind of legal side, what we need to have in place. Um, I think churches have stepped up the game on this a lot yep. more. But, but, you know, as a church administrator, we are, we are spinning lots of plates. So I'm certainly not an expert in HR. I've got experience because I've, I've done it for so long. But, I, you know, those really definitive points when a trustee saying, are you sure we've got this nailed? You know, is there a percentage of doubt? There is because I, I know how things move on. I know how things change and I'm, I'm not an expert. So it, it is the whole area of HR for churches is, is a bit of a challenge. Um, give us a little bit of help then on, on that, that side of things. Yeah. Um, um, the, the, I think it's the complexity or the perceived complexity around HR, which, which, you know, often causes administrators mm-hmm. or ops managers to to feel a bit a bit wary and a bit out of their their depth with it. Um, and in reality, you know, there is the, the the sort of list of absolute essentials must have boxing exercise is quite small. And you know, in in the same way that you know, if you have a conversation with someone about church health and safety or risk management, you really want to walk away with a complete list of have these nine things in place and you are fine. Yeah, and, you know that's fine unless you need to manage an aspect of risk beside that. So mm. um, the, the HR is a little bit a bit like that. Uh, uh, you, you've already mentioned sort of employment contracts. Um, um, uh, the the UK legislation um, uh, enforces the fact that, that when someone starts in an employed role, mm-hmm. they need to have a, a, a written statement of terms of employment. Um, you know, that's an absolute... Um, uh, yeah essential um churches are a lot better than that on that than they used to be um uh, most churches operate in that way not all of them do we still come across some that don't um uh, but in reality you you, you need that written um yeah. you know, statement of, of, of terms um and and there's all sorts of pro formers and templates available for that we have them in our in our service um uh, that's very easy sort of to, to put together um equally a a really clear job description um is is massively helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, I always um, recommend that um, churches make their job descriptions non-contractual. Mm-hmm. Uh, by non-contractual, I purely mean that um, they're outside of the employment contract, the statements of terms, yeah. um, and therefore they're a live document. They can be amended um, 
because again the number of churches we go go into where you know you look at a job description which is 12 13 14 years old yeah is there any relation to what you do now oh no not at all um so so um employment contract statement of terms um job descriptions um uh, sort of really essential um place to to to, um to start with um and obviously in in an employed role you then need to think about the mechanism for how you're going to uh remunerate the person pay the person um Mm. and give them a written record of of um of their pay uh, and their um, tax deducted by PAYE and any pension contributions that are in, in place. Those are sort of the, the, the core essentials to start with. Um, besides that, you need to put in place anything which actually makes it clearer for the person as to how things work mm-hmm. uh, and, um, uh, and gives you a clear mechanism or procedure to follow when things don't work well. Mm-hmm. Um, now that can be a combination of uh, a making sure that they have a really good induction uh, on the first um, uh, day when for two three days of work to to help them realise how computer systems and keys and hours and booking annual leave and all of that sort of stuff works. Um, then it's it's making sure that there are you know appropriate policies in place. Um, some of the statutory policies about um, uh, maternity leave or annual leave. Um, uh, you know, parentally, yeah. you know, etc., need to be in place so that you're not making it up on, you know, from scratch every time that that one of these situations comes around. Um, and then, in addition to that, things like um, disciplinary policies or um, uh, uh, um, complaints policies or, or grievance policies, all those sorts of elements where, from time to time, and it does happen in churches, and we we yeah. deny to think it doesn't. You know something goes wrong and you need the best way to to go through much better to have the policies in place um in advance rather than again have to um create those from scratch um as always with these those sorts of areas any of the sort of compliance side of of employment the acas website is a really helpful website yeah. um and uh, although acas um uh, isn't a statutory body lots yeah. of uk legislation says whatever you put in place needs to um comply with the acas code of conduct um so that that's a sort of a really crucial resource to get to yeah and and, and this is a, a good time now to introduce isn't it the you know the uh, the hr service that you're you're providing because you you can provide the the templates and the confidence and you know what churches need at a very reasonable price give, give us a little bit of that yeah tell us a little yeah. bit about that service because so the um the, the the service we launched um uh, a year or so ago is called churchworkers.net um, um it quite nicely mimics our UCAN website of churchadministrators.net this is churchworkers.net so it's run out of UCAN, the UK Church Administrators Network, um, but it's to service the HR support needs of um, of anyone who works um, works for the church. Um, it came out of a, a, a quite a number of years of conversations, and we were talking with some of our friends at um, uh, the National Charity Stewardship, who do lots yeah. of work on governance and finance with churches, um, with some of our um, uh, employment solicitors, friends, Anthony Collins solicitors and Keeley solicitors in particular. Uh, and we were having a conversation to say, um, we think there's something missing at the moment for, mm-hmm. for churches. Um, and, uh, you know, through my consultancy work, I've worked with dozens of churches, some of whom had no external um, mm-hmm. HR support. Um, 
and we're either sort of head in the sand, nothing's going to happen to us and, yeah. you know, see how it works. Um, to those who were um, were paying for um, a secular provision of of um, HR support yeah. and actually not really getting particular value for money or, or an understanding of how it works in the church. Um, to those who... Um, who really spent no money on it until something went wrong, and then and then started dropping thousands on on solicitors' fees. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, you know, you know, this is this isn't good stewardship of resource for the church. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the people are, you know, are, uh, involved in this uh, are just not being treated well. If it's the managers, they feel, you know, like they've got imposter syndrome out of their depth. You know, apparently I'm responsible for HR, but I've got no yeah. idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, if it was the employees, they were feeling. Oh, I, you know, my employer doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, I'm. This isn't going to go well for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we had this conversation to say what, you know, w- what could we put together? Um, and uh, after you know quite a long time of discussion, we we got to the stage where they um, where the solicitors and stewardship said to us, actually, we, we'd love you can to launch something into this sphere. We'll we'll um we'll support and partner with you um, uh, yeah. in this, uh, and we launched churchworkers.net. Um, and churchworkers.net is a uh, is a annual subscription service um, where we provide the um, the the sort of the next line of consultation or um, or guidance for someone working in a um, in yeah. a local church to help them meet their HR needs. Um, we've got uh, we've got client churches who are um, very small with only one or two employee employees. We've got others who've got twenty-five or thirty on on the books, um, and you know we are therefore liaising with um, with ops directors, with solo administrators, with um, vicars and pastors, uh, or with church wardens or other trustees mm. um, on mm. a on a combination of issues. Um, whether it's the sort of proactive um, looking at what does it what did it look like to do best practice well, so can we train yeah. and equip you? Yeah. Someone going to say. We've had a new person start, and I'm really confused as to how to ca- calculate their annual leave and bank holiday, um, which yeah. is always confusing, by the way. Yeah. By that, that is always confusing. <laughs> yeah, uh, spent time doing that before. <laughs> yeah, um, and and you know, and then sometimes it's the actually, you know, something's something's going majorly wrong here, and um, and we'd like you to help us put this right or fix this, either in terms of helping us, you know, work to a way that this person can remain on the staff team and start to flourish. Yeah. Uh, or sometimes, as we know, happens. Um, you know, we're working towards an exit, but we'd like to handle that as well as possible. Yeah. Um, so that, so that, that's the sort of. of it's of, it's of great. Now, I think if you're listening as a church and you're thinking, ah, yeah, HR is something I, I, I need more help with. I need more support with, more confidence with doing. Then, then this is a really good service to sign up. Not, not only do you have the kind of backup of lawyers who have gone through all of these templates and and know this is the right stuff at the right time now, but you've got experienced practitioners who, who know the industry, who know the church, who know um, how to best support it. And I think that combination is the thing that comes through, isn't it? That, that people can sign up for. And, you know, if you've got under five employees, it's something like 360, 65 pounds a year. Pound a day. Pound (laughs) Um, a day. Yeah. Which is which is crazy, really, because I mean, some of the secular um, services that we were we've moved churches from, I mean, they were spending more than that in a month. And yeah. uh, and if I if I look at the amount of you know of time and benefit that they they get from us as a result of it, it's just it's just incomparable, really. But again, you know, um, 
as as with everything you can does we, yeah. we do it on a, on a not-for-profit basis um and we are hugely blessed by the the support of of the um employment solicitors involved who you know are are, are giving lots of free pro bono time into the scheme and giving yeah. us discounted rates on other things um so it's you know the basic concept was can we put together something to um do really good bits of work yeah once yeah and help as many people as possible to, yeah. to benefit absolutely right and so you know if you're you know you may be part of the church of england or you may be part of another network that does get some support um but but this would be worth considering you know the cost is is cheap compared to what you would you know contracting a lawyer for to do a piece of work on something is going to cost you more than 365 quid um so definitely the first hour probably yeah <laughs> lawyers i love it yeah and uh, you're married to a lawyer so uh, i am yes she, uh, she knows all about it so you uh, you know can't recommend the service enough and it's great that you can have you know been thinking about this and considering this for the last you know however many years and have been able to action it um the site you know i've been on the site you can you can log into the site you can you can access materials yourself to download so you're not always waiting on someone to come back to you you can you can take some initiative and start reading through policies you can pick up the phone you can get some advice you can email in and there are response times aren't there for people and so it, it is a proper service and um and and it will bless you i think to be part of it particularly for smaller churches who go oh my goodness i don't know what to do um and it, it is always the case isn't it we throw money at it when it goes wrong and so you know the biggest message from this is let's let's invest into this now let's let's do this whole aspect of policy and life and structure well um you know people that, that we employ it feels very formal to go give people a contract and ask them to read through it and to come back to us and to begin to put together a clear job description and go through the formality of an induction it does feel a bit like oh this is too formal but you know when when it goes wrong to have having done those steps and having provided the right context with the right information to people it makes a difference and um it's not easy working at a church is it let's be honest no it isn't and and you know the uh, i was in another um consultancy project recently with a church where i was talking with one of their um uh, trustees um uh, and uh, their trustee has lots of um you know sort of high-end corporate experience um uh, and, and 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 that's an amazing gift and skill set to bring to the, yeah. the, the church. And, but part of what we were talking through was sort of the the dynamic of um, when when someone works for a, a full time secular role, um, even if they're you know doing forty fifty mm -hmm. hours um, a week, when, when they then step into the church context, it's it's a mental shift. And um, you know, yes, they may be tired. Um, uh and um engaging in in all sorts of areas of, of church life can you know has its ups and downs but yeah. it's, it's a mental shift they're in a different place now and they're they're there to volunteer not not to work and they're there to partly receive in in, in that time as you know it's good for our discipleship um yeah. with a with a um a church employee that there's there's a far fewer opportunities to mentally shift um yeah. even when they worship on a on a sunday um uh, you know they are constantly spotting things and constantly um, responding to uh, uh, to queries or yeah. comments or, or otherwise. Um, and um, uh, and we do need to we need to hold these people um, uh, you know appropriately and 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 value them and thank them um, and recognize actually that they they are bringing um, 
really great skill set, um, which they could they could be using in another area of life and being paid a lot, you know, a lot more for using it. Um, uh, with with um, often with fewer hours and and um, uh, but that they've chosen to bring it sacrificially into the the church. Um, and and it's it's that sort of real balance of of recognizing that um, working for a church is both a huge privilege. Um, yeah. Um, uh, it, you know, it's 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 wonderful to be in a mm. in a in a mission focused, effective context where you're mm. with people you love, working for a, a church that you love, seeing God do things. That's a great privilege. Yeah. Uh, but equally, that you know, there's a sacrificial element to it as well. Um, and what we don't want to do is add on to the sacrificial element by saying, and by the way, we're not going to do the employment thing very well because yeah. you know, if we can do that really well, um, then actually we are. Uh, we're, we're doing all, all that we can to to love and support these people as they serve yeah. us in church. Yeah, absolutely right. That's great. So we've covered that kind of one side of, you know, policy, legal and contracts and all of that. Getting the best out of people then. And, you know, what what advice and tips have you got for us? Sure. Uh, for those who might be managing somebody or managing volunteers in particular roles. How do, we, how do you make me a better person <laughs> to lead and to manage folk? It was interesting what you know when when we launched churchworkers.net the first publication that we wrote quite a lengthy publication was a was our best practice guide to being a church employer rather yeah. than the employee handbook the employee handbook yeah. which does exist in the scheme um covers the nuts and bolts but we actually wanted people to start with um what does it look mm. like to be a good employer um so part i mean part of that is is making sure that people are trained and equipped to to do the things that they need to do in terms of line management and yeah. you know when, when we do our line management training we will go through what it looks like to have a line management session what the balance should be between task and pastoral mm. and sort of well-being and yeah. um, you know making sure you've got times to pray for the individuals concerned um uh you know looking at tone of communication making sure that emails are are warm and not too transactional all of that sort of of yeah. side of it um we equally talk to um uh, uh trustees church trustees and say you know wh where where's the conversation going on about your vision for being an employer you know lots of churches yeah. have their church vision um but actually churches as an employer need to have a vision for that um so it's great to get people talking about the conversations. Um, what do you want to be the experience of working for this church? Um, uh, we like to ask um, church staff members, if you were down the pub on a, on a Thursday night with some non-Christian friends and they said, oh, you know, um, what's it like working for your church? Um, how would you describe that? And actually, aspirationally, how do you want, the, um, yeah. want that to be? So uh, foundationally developing a vision and actually we, we want it to look like this. We want it to feel like this. And then stepping back from that and saying, well, if we, if we want it to look like that, what does it need to, um, you know, what needs to be in place to make it feel like that is yeah. um, is, is really appropriate. Um, and, and then I think some sort of basic elements throughout the throughout the, uh, the year, really, um, you know, uh, and all of this will need to be tailored with the, the budgets and resources available to churches. Um, my home church really prioritised taking our, our staff team away for a three day retreat once a year. Um, we did that did that in January. Um, uh, it's a really good opportunity of, of the the year to say actually we've given out a lot in the autumn term. We're going into a phase coming up about planning ahead, so we take them away and um, and that's a combination of of prayer, of genuine genuine retreat and silence, 
Um, but social time together, fun board games, walks, sports, etc., yeah. um, as part of our our plan for developing our team and helping them remain relationally cohesive. Yeah. Equally, right. you know, termly training day is really important. Um, uh, finding staff socials throughout the year also um, massively helpful. Um, making sure that you follow through with things like um, termly reviews or annual reviews. Um, mm -hmm. Again, sometimes when churches get busy or pressurised, they'll say, oh, well, they don't want to do that. But yeah. actually what's communicated in that is we don't really care about your development or, or evaluation. So, um, again, we, we think we'll give them a break. What yeah. the person often hears is, oh, well, I'm not that valued here. So yeah. seeing through on all of those sorts of things um, can really help. Um, and, you know, and always I think there's also a sense of making sure that um, we are aware of the um, well-being of our, our team um, mm -hmm. the, the mm -hmm. pressures they feel um, if we're not paying enough are, are there financial pressures going on yeah. do we really want our people to be financially pressurized yeah. um, if they find it hard to book up their annual leave because it's you know it's just too complicated are they getting overly tired and worn out do we mm -hmm. really want that to be the the case um, if every time that they have to do anything remotely HRE it sort of, you know, fills them with dread because, you know, they think this is going to take far too long or I'm going to add pressure to someone else who I know is already pressurised, yeah. that actually we've, we've taken, we've slightly robbed them of the, of the of the reality of what it should be like to be in a good employment situation. Yeah. yeah. Mate, that's great. Some some top top tips there of, yeah, what it is. And, and, and we, you know, if you're in a situation where you're, as a church administrator, not being managed particularly well, um then then set the example and the staff and volunteers that you manage i think that's that's you know the case you know you don't need it to change here to do something you can start with your team and um create a culture in your team and and which is a which is a great example um you know i often have pastors say to me how do you how did you lead that how did you gather people together how did you you know envision them and, and they all seem to be on the same page they all seem to have joy and just you know love what they're doing talk to me about that you know and and those things are so valuable aren't they and um you know yeah just having an interest in people knowing where people are at and how they're doing uh, we will regularly pray together as a staff team once a week um you know what can we pray for for you and uh, you know it's a great time that builds us stronger together not just in the work but but outside of the work and um there's some really joy there's some real joys isn't there working in the church in that kind of environment those are the real blessings that we have just to come together and do those things where you may not be able to do that in a secular employment you know um so yeah lots of things to to reflect on there mate very helpful and um, before we finish um i know you've got some you kind of doing some area training days and and i yeah. think you know um there are resources available for pastors to get along to conferences and training. And so if you're a treasurer or you're a trustee or PCC listening to this, portion some time in for, you know, UCAM membership, portion some time in for, for training and, and sort of professional development still mm -hmm. needs to happen in our churches with our staff. We want to make them as good as we can. So fill us in on the, the area training days, mate, and, and what you're yeah, trying so to do. Yeah, so we're going on our, our road show. Um, we did, we did our, uh, we did our first one in Belfast, um, uh, earlier in the year and um, uh, then we've had a little break and we're now rolling out um, I think we've got another 12 or 14 venues um, going to be happening throughout this year um, uh, the first one or the next one starts 
a oh, couple of weeks time uh, and then they will sort of go through um, sort of regularly to uh, uh, through till September um, got some in, in the southeast in Surrey and um, Hertfordshire um, will be in Bristol will be in South Wales will be in Birmingham um, will be in Edinburgh um, Nottingham as well yeah there's not Nottingham's there um, uh, Leeds or York I mean there, there's all sorts of, of sort of going around um, and uh, Part of that day is called Amplify Your Impact. Um, it looks about um, effectiveness in our in our working roles through three lenses. And the first being um, personal effectiveness. How can we do um, all we can and run our working lives mm. to help us be effective in our roles? Um, secondly, um, how can we uh, influence the, the team that we're part of to make um, us effective as a, as a team? Mm. Um, and the third session is um, when we look at specific um, tasks or functions that might be um, particularly key to what we're trying to do is, as a church, whether it's volunteer engagement or welcoming and integrating newcomers, how can we approach each of those tasks in the most effective way? Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a really, uh, it's a really great, great syllabus. Um, uh, I'm so looking forward to being out, out and about with, um, administrators and ops managers and church leaders around the country coming together to look at those uh, the, those important skills um, and uh, uh, you know as as the title says our prayer our prayer is that you know people will go away from those you know being more impactful uh, in in the ministry that they return to. Yeah, that's great. And so we'll we'll put the stuff on the socials. You know, you don't need to be a UCAN member to be along to these days. Please, you know, sign up. But they they're cost effective. I think um, we've got a cutting edge conference of me for UCAN heading in in June in um, into London, which looking forward to a day conference. So um, again, we'll put these stuff on the socials. Please, please connect in and and take a look at these things. Andy, mate, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I, I love people who've got passion and, you know, passion for healthy organisations has come across. I certainly feel challenged to go away and reflect and think, how can I do this better? Where do I need to change? And um, and, and it's, it's been a great conversation, not coming away thinking, oh, I've got so much, I'm such a failure, but going away thinking, how can we do this better for to serve people and for the glory of God? So um, really looking forward to that. Mate, thanks for your time.